Hey everyone, if you're looking for the Valentine's Day hotspot this year in Winnipeg, make sure you head down to see our friends at the Park Theatre on February 14th for a special screening of the notoriously awful independent romantic horror thriller Birdemic, Shock and Terror. Doors for this one-of-a-kind show are at 6.30, show at 7.30, and tickets are only $5 in advance through the Park Theatre, Into the Music, formerly Music Trader, and online at Ticketfly. Costumes are optional but strongly encouraged, and there will be an introduction by the hilarious Tyler Penner. You're listening to Garbage Show, one of its first podcast network. Radio. I am once again at a Robin's Donuts. I seem to be unable to avoid this place. And why uh, would you want to avoid it, Sam? Well, I just it's, it's, it's odd. It's, it happened once, and it was like, oh, cool. Robin's Donuts works for doing interviews. Now it just it just keeps happening. Everyone wants to. Come here, so. uh, solid place. It, it Are you going to start making commissions off of it? Like, I should. I should get them a sponsor. <laughs> spending enough money every time I come here. You are the yeah. first customer they've had in hours. That's, that's true. That's true. So they're probably happy. Yeah. Uh, I think that's part of the reason I like it because they don't kick you out. They're, they're quite happy to buy a bagel. And you don't even have to buy anything, and they will no, not kick I, you out. I feel bad though. I feel bad. But anyway, we are here on International Clash Day, apparently, yeah, to uh, talk about not about the Clash, but about the Clash tribute show that's happening this coming Saturday, and uh, this Saturday from the day you're hearing this. You got it. And uh, I you don't, you don't got to correct us. We're we're quick. Right. right. We figured it out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think maybe the best way to just get started here is uh, so people can put a name to the voice. If you guys want to introduce yourselves and I guess what your role is with the show. For sure. Yeah. We'll uh, go ahead. Yeah. My name's Ian Lodowix. Um Let's go by Johannes and. Uh, Started this show with Ben Rodiker, who's with us right here, what, 15 years ago? Yeah, yeah. So we did it, I think, uh, was it six or seven times throughout the early 2000s? Yeah, it was year, happening I think it year. started 2003, the year after he died. Yeah. And then it was every year consecutively until around 2008, 2009. Does that sound right? There might have been, was there one more in 2010? Was that the. Yeah, Kids on Fire did one in 2011 okay. as to raise money for Solidarity Rock out of Edmonton. But we've done it for, yeah, six years, five, six years in a row before that. And like we were just talking about, like these, the International Clash Day, which is today, um, happens obviously all around the world and must be Clash tributes everywhere. Yeah. And we figure they all must happen around that same time as February 7th, International Clash Day, because I know when Ben and I first heard the news of Stormer's passing, it was like, okay, well... What are we going to do? We're definitely going to do something. Yeah, so what are we going to do? But you need a couple months to kind of put it together, to book the venue. And so that's why I'm kind of thinking all these tributes around the world probably happen around February, late January, because yeah. everybody hits the ground running when they find the new, find out the news, but then you need some time to put it together. So I, I bet it's a lot of He also, I think, died on, what, the 22nd? Yeah. Tough time to, you know. Yeah, no, Yeah, so it just kind of, you just bump it forward a little bit. You know I, I mean? think Johnny Cash some... died like almost like a year and a day after oh, yeah. Storm or something. It was like the I thought Johnny Cash was September. September 10th. All right, we'll like just right nix that from the yeah. interview. No, <laughs> no, no, even better yet, correct, just insert right. the correct, Myself, yeah. who was right, yeah. and if you were wrong, just simply delete I'll just it. delete it, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I can't believe it's been as long as it has been, like 15 years. It yeah, seems absolutely. ridiculous, because I, I, I feel like I remember him dying like, 
I still have the free press article. Yeah, yeah. not that long ago, right? yeah. but, it, but it is. It's crazy. Well, I um, picked it up at a Seven uh, Eleven on Sargent Avenue. I remember going in and like specifically buying the paper that yeah. day just to like find it. And, you know what I mean? So I bought a couple copies and I stored them away. Yeah, I remember hearing my my dad's always been a huge Clash fan, and so we pulled out the records and started listening to them. Even listened to Cut the Crap. Oh wow, that's that's, yeah. that's I, uh, dedication. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have uh, soft spots for Cut the Crap. Yeah, Three Card Trick is a good song. That's the that's the, the This is England. Over. Yeah, This is England is a good song. Yeah. Yeah. And then that song Dictator with like all these crazy yeah, that's no good. clips. Yeah, <laughs> like but. There is a, uh, you can find online, you can find a bootleg copy of the rough demos that they recorded okay. for that record okay. prior to it being like hijacked by Bernie Rhodes, who produced the whole thing yeah. and like rewrote everything. And uh, it's just like a raw version, and it sounds more like a Strummer solo record. Cool. Oh, yeah. And it's really good. Well, I, I mean, it doesn't sound like a Clash record, but it still sounds right. like a... But his, his, his fingertips are all over it, right? Like, it's a lot better than what you end up hearing on the on the finished product. Sure. I think, like, part, obviously part of the reason it was so shocking when Joe Strummer died is because of his age. I mean, he was 50, right? And then the fact that he was still making pretty vital music, like, with the Mescaleros and He stuff, just and started to again. Yeah, yeah. Mescaleros, he, he took, like, a awesome. decade off. Yeah. Yeah, it's starting to be, like, he was doing good stuff, and then suddenly just yeah. out of nowhere. So I guess, like, I mean, obviously, like you said, you kind of just wanted to run out and do something as soon as you heard the news that he died but what do you think it is about The Clash that makes that stuff so enduring I mean they're one of my favorite bands of all they're the only band that matters yeah yeah, right right. (laughs) why though what do you think is the constant appeal like generation after generation for me the only like the only reason it works with this particular uh, band and this type of show and the reason you can do it at the West End Cultural Center and you have such like a good uh, community of people that come out is because you know like I grew up in the punk community but um as equally as important as that band is to to me and to all my friends, it is also to people from different musical backgrounds. And, and there's very few examples of bands like that, That's right? True. And like if you if you were to do uh, you know to draw like a parallel, like if you were to do like a, a Sex Pistols tribute, for example, probably wouldn't have the same effect. Probably wouldn't draw out the same type of crowd. Right. The reason it's such a kind of a warm crowd is because um, you're getting people from all musical backgrounds. Absolutely, and yeah. Stummer like always like rose out of all those those bands as being like they are all like Sex Pistols, all those bands that '77 style punk is very nihilist, very like you know right. fuck yeah, everything. Sure, yeah. When then Stummer came along and was like trying to tie everybody together, talking about racial issues. Every song was a manifesto. Yeah, it's talked about uh, greed and war and. Uh, and these, these is kind of like a little bit the start of like the political punk. Yeah, absolutely. As contrived as it probably was at the time, yeah. it didn't didn't really matter because I think that uh, you know it still came off very genu- like genuine, and it it probably was somewhat genuine, even though it was somewhat like their imagery and stuff was contrived. You know what I mean? Well, it's, yeah, it was def- it's definitely put yeah. together, but I mean that's how you get it get that message across to wide audiences. I agree. You brand for sure, and there definitely was a clash brand. Um, but uh, I definitely see it is still a very authentic one. And he came from, you know, like the kind of hippie background. So kind of like, I think he was largely speaking to like those people too, the the Summer of Love, you know, people. And oh, he's a big John Lennon fan Club, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what I was going to say is one of my favorite uh, strummer quotes, because as open-minded and uh, as musically diverse as he was, he still had this knack for one-liners and uh, oh, yeah. just sure, saying yeah. the right yeah. thing at the right time. And uh, I remember there was this interview with him on the Let's Rock Again DVD, I think it was. The you can confirm that. And they're sitting on the like the side of a street, and someone asked him if he likes classical music. Yeah. And he says, nah, bloody long hairs. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just such a great. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good line. Oh, he was he was the man of like the the one liner in the lyrics like, too, though, right? Yeah, I think that goes back to how how he died at such a, such a young age. He always had that "give him all you got and forget it" attitude. Yeah, yeah. It's like that was one of his classic quotes: it's, "Get up on stage, give it all you got, and forget it, and don't like dwell on on all the little little parts." But um, he definitely gave her the whole the whole way through, and so he would be. Uh, I mean, in Mescaleros later stuff you'd be like sweating buckets by the second song yeah and so it doesn't surprise me that he passed away early because it had a lot of a lot of drug history you know yeah, <laughs> yeah he, well he started just kind of getting back into the swing of things right like after taking literally I think it was at least a decade off like there's like a, what did he do, a, a gap he did the yeah. South Park soundtrack he yeah, did right, one right. song yeah, yeah, yeah. no he did an actual like western no, he did soundtrack, western soundtrack oh too, he yeah. did that but that was 80s. you're talking about Walker yeah that was yeah. like uh, that was late 80s yeah so late 80s I think his first solo record Earthquake Weather came out in maybe the early 90s you can correct me on that or sure. edit it out edited if it I'm wrong but like 89, 90 maybe and it was a flop at the time and then it was literally like all of the 90s up until like 98 I guess is when that uh, Mescalero's record Rock Art Next Ray Style yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. Tim Armstrong put that out and okay. uh, and it flopped too it and did all I think I think it flopped and I think they kind of all flopped didn't they until he died yeah and yeah. Uh, Tim Armstrong said I would just he'll keep take putting out his albums till he the said end he'll take days. a loss yeah, yeah like yeah. what are you going to do when when, yeah. when Joe Strummer approaches you and wants to put out a record you'll keep on taking a loss I mean he's going to make it up with rancid money yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> and that, yeah. I'm sure that they Pink sell money. now, right? Those oh, now yeah, now oh now. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, different. and to be fair, like they were like really weird records. Even as a strummer fan, I bought Global Gogol for my dad when it came out, and I I listened to it before because it was still when you go into CD stores and have the listening station yeah. and listen to oh, it beforehand. I remember that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I went to the one in Saint Patel and listened to Global Gogol on there, yeah. and I couldn't get over the pink cover. I was a kid, it's right? A cover, yeah. And I'm like, uh, oh, no, this is oh, sorry, was Global Gogol is the second pink, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry, the extra style was the first one. I listened to that because uh, the only thing I'd heard up until that point of his solo material recently was the South Park song. Right. It's yeah, a rock and world, which was a good song. A good song actually, yeah. But nothing like what that first solo record sounded. No. Like, and I'm trying to like jive this whole like, what's with this pink artwork and like the music's not. There's not really a, even one punk song on this record. Yeah. Like, I'm not really sure how to how to how to come to terms with it. But you know, that one was very electronic sounding, and then Global Gogo Correct. was like very like acoustic mandolins and like yeah. different types of drums, and that one was even weirder. I thought, and and when I first listened to it, I really didn't like it. But whatever, my dad wanted it, so I got him it. And then years later, this is like Global Gogo is one of my favorites. Just yeah, like yeah. can't compete with that one. Well, that kind of goes what you're saying before about all the different styles too. I mean, it's not unreasonable to think he would be doing that, just suddenly doing something really electronic and then going to something folk, and then you know, because mm-hmm. you did that anyway. Not those genres, but you know, experimenting with reggae and with rockabilly and with everything else. Like, Absolutely. what's that song about food on that album? Oh yeah, uh, there's that one Bindi line. Bagdi. There's that one line: hummus, couscous in the juice of octopus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this guy stops yeah. saying he just stopped, he just came in from New Zealand. And he's looking and for mushy peas. And then it's just all about food. <laughs> yeah, for the rest of the awesome. song, and it's just him rhyming food with food. That one's that's a great song. That is. And the middle song. of the song is like, then I told him I was in a band. And uh, yeah, that, was, yeah, that was a true story. What do you, what do you play? Uh, I was like, uh, uh, it's kind of like, and then there's some violin in the background. It's got a little bit of, <laughs> yeah, that's a Just, great one. Yeah, 
Just little bits of it. And I remember I, I saw an interview with him saying that was a true story. I think based on an interview, or sorry, based on a conversation he had with a cab driver. Oh yeah. So like just well, insanity, Matt, but, but mashing story. together these weird, <laughs> yeah. you know, a song about food with like a conversation with a cab driver. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. So it's, what a, was, it's a great record. What was the reason for the kind of the break between doing these? I know there was one every year for a while, and then it's kind of been. Uh, like, I don't know. Everyone goes off and does their own thing. Yeah. Uh, I like really like, didn't play music at all for the longest time, and then uh, probably five, six years. Uh, Ian obviously has continued. You yeah, know, you're in enough bands. He's, I think yeah. yeah. <laughs> in 17 bands yeah. tonight, yeah. I think, <laughs> playing shows at various venues. Yeah. And um, then, like, like uh, Subsidy was playing all of them. That was like, we, we attributed like some of our, even like our fan base to those shows. Yeah, yeah. We got a lot of people into the band just because we. We'd knock those shows out of the park and do like 15 Clash Mescalero yeah. songs with the horn section and everything. Yeah. Um, but then I think after a while the guys kind of felt like we were getting typecasted and we were playing playing those all the time. This song's called Straight to Hell.
You know, I don't know why we, why we stopped doing them. But after six or so years, like how many how many years can we do this? Like that's what it felt like at the time. And then oddly enough, I mean, uh, I just kind of started like testing the waters out, trying to figure out like if we could do it this okay. year. It was, this was probably around summertime. And then as as this is happening, Ian sends me a text message: "Hey, you want to do a clash show?" So it just kind of worked out. Cool. Well, I figure it's the 15th anniversary. Yeah, it's, a uh, it's, it's, it's a good reason to I just, get get the crew back together. Yeah, and I just, I just felt the timing was right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And everybody's kind of taking their their time. I mean, like, you know, it gets with like bands, it gets cliquey, and sometimes there's drama or whatever oh, between yeah, bands. Yeah. And then like, and now it just feels like everybody's at this good point in their lives where we're like, yeah, let's get the crew back in back together. So we got the band got the crackdown yeah. back together, all the guys, and then uh, I was able to get guys from all the different bands I played clash shows with over the years. Cool. And uh, want to get the Barrel Brothers. Murder it's also Bird. been long enough that it'll feel interesting again. For sure, if that, yeah. Makes, yeah, sense. that like, makes sense. Like after you do it like six years in a row or whatever, it does kind of like you know you start to wonder if that's even the, you know. You right, know. people have seen it already enough times. They kind of right, and you know you don't want to just do it for the sake of doing it. Sure. But like you know we want to do it, so yeah. that's why we're doing it again. Yeah, I think that's what's important. Yeah. When did the crackdown get back together? Is it was it, it wasn't just for this, right? Because you played another show recently. It originally, was, originally it was. <laughs> originally it was. So what happened was, yeah, we we originally were doing it just for this, and then uh, our guitar player Danny lives in Calgary now, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he uh, ended up coming in town for for Christmas, and so we felt, well, he's in town for Christmas. Like we literally haven't played together in probably well, it's been a decade, so. Um, let's book a small show at the cavern. Let's okay. just, you know, test test the waters kind yeah. of thing. Uh, and so we did that. It went off well. We felt that it sounded good. And then we just started working on the Clash songs. And then he's coming in a couple days before the show to kind of cool. to kind of catch up and everything. And I'm sure that won't be a problem for him. And uh, we'll go from there. But we just kind of wanted to make sure that, you know, it was still fun and that it was still what we yeah. wanted to do. And instead of, uh, instead of waiting to the last minute and just kind of... You know, flying them in a couple a couple days before or whatever. Right. Well, we were able to have a warm up gig. You know. Yeah. yeah. So you don't know if it's going to become a thing further on, or are you just kind of doing it? No. Show and then. No, we haven't really decided yet. Cool. Is the rest of the band everyone the same members who were in it before, or do you have any? So we got uh, well, Darwin was our original member. He's right. he's right. not in it anymore. He's actually in. Uh, He's somewhere in the, in the States right now. The Last desert. time I talked to him, he was in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. And he's just uh, driving around in his car, drinking at bars and tenting and uh, ex- just finding himself. Finding himself. Yeah. I think it's the words he used. <laughs> okay. I can read you uh, an explanation if you want. No, okay. <laughs> uh, but it was something along those lines. Uh, and then... Uh, I guess our drummer is Steve, who drummed with us for the longest amount of time. So, yeah, I would say he's the closest to, you know, an original member of the band. And then Dan and then James uh, Horde is playing bass. He was our second bass player after Darwin. And then, of course, Scott. So, 
Yeah, it's it's the it's the last it's the last version last version before we broke up. Right. This is the version that okay. This is the version that most people know. Correct. Yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. It just like it felt right, and it's perfectly articulated by the fact that Ben thought of the idea, uh, and I thought of the idea completely separately, and we yeah, came yeah. together and like, oh, okay, yeah. it sounds like. And Ben's tried to convince me multiple times. I hate promoting shows, and I'm always the the pessimist, thinking that it's gonna bomb. And Ben seems to keep on trying to convince me that that people are ready for this. They're they're you know. They want something like this. Yeah, what, uh, I don't know what the words are. Right time to do it. It's uh, time. Yeah, well, yeah, I said, yeah, people are uh, hungry for a show like hungry, this. Because yes, the, the reality absolutely. is, yeah, there's just not a lot of other... Um, I mean, regardless of... You know, there's not a lot of... Uh, the diversity at this show, you got the Farrell brothers, right, yeah. who have their completely own crowd, yeah, and they're amazing, sure, right? Sure. Uh, then you and got... And they do good class covers, too. 
Yeah, exactly yeah. right. But, you know, just them on their own, they do a fantastic job. Sure, they yeah. could headline the night all by themselves and probably sell at the West End, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, then you got Ian doing, you know, reviving his All Clash uh, tribute band, which essentially, I mean, Subsidy did that yeah. at least once, if not twice, before yeah. and just, you know, yeah. like you said, hit it out of the park. Um, crackdown, you know, we have our own our own crowd. And then uh, we've got uh, the Murder Birds, which are members of the Stiff Bishops, okay. who played before. Uh, they're kind of an all tribute uh, cover. Cl- I'm not sure if they have any originals. They might. Okay. Um, but their cover band mainly is. Yeah, yeah. In the same vein as like the wind ups and stuff like right, that. Okay. And they have their own kind of uh, crowd locally and stuff like that. But everyone's kind of doing something a little different. Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of, uh, you know, no one's stepping on anybody else's toes. Yeah. No, we made sure that that uh, no Clash song is being repeated through oh, nice. the night. Okay. So everybody's doing, I think that spans, like our band is doing nine songs and all the other bands are doing uh, five each. So that's, that's like 24, 25 that's Clash good, songs yeah. you're going to hear at the night. And they're going to be short sets, so uh, you won't be bogged down with a bunch of original music. Cool. <laughs> well, hopefully people won't hear the original music yeah, too. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And going back to like like what Ben was saying with people being hungry for a show like this now, it's like Winnipeg's always had like killer killer talent, right? And they still do for punk bands, but yeah. like there's not really all ages venues. There's an, not anymore. There's, there's not any the West End and what young bands are gonna, you know, fork out. Can't afford it now. Well, the, no one, no one's rich. booking the West End for like, uh, you know. First of all, there's like never punk shows at the West End anymore. No, but they want right? them there. They do, but uh, this isn't like entirely a punk show either, right? Like it is, but it isn't. Right. It's also, you know, you can bring pretty much, you know, you can bring your kids to it if you wanted to. Right. It's pretty laid back as far as that goes. So, uh, it's a, it's a little, it's a little different, and it, uh, I just think. People will dig it, and they'll remember all the old ones that they had fun at, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they'll want to come out, you know. And then you'll hopefully get some of the new crowd, yeah. whether we do or we don't, you know. But regardless of it being a tribute show, I think uh, there is a void for all ages rock and roll shows in the city, especially on like on that yeah. type of scale and that type of stage. So I think definitely, yeah. I think there's going to be even on a smaller level. I mean, that. think about it. You're not like, you never see community club shows anymore. No, not like I used to be at home. No. And even if you did, I'm not even sure you would get people there. Yeah, it's, it's very different. And I guess a lot of the people who went to the original ones, you know, they're 18 or something then, or 16, they're they're in their mid-20s now, like, then, you know, people in their right. are able First to time I played the Clash of 16. Yeah, exactly. You're <laughs> yeah. a perfect example of someone who kind of... So those I remember that, back, actually, right? yeah. That's crazy. You guys were a young band, eh? Oh, yeah. Which yeah. band did you play with the first time? The Barrymore. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 So the band you have now for this show... From uh, what video game were you guys on? What, you, there, you, were, you guys on like a... It's an EA game. So a, that would be snow, a snowboarding game or something. Oh, really? I didn't, I didn't know that. That was Danny's song, so Danny saw the money from that. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. cool, actually. Yeah. Sh- Sean White? Is that the name of the... I have no idea. Yeah, that's that ginger guy, right? From the, from the States? He was like the big, long... Yeah, there's a series of video player. games, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's uh, just, really? I swear that's it. Yeah. We'll have to get Danny to uh, correct me afterwards, because I know, I know he knows the answer to that question. He got that same song in, like, a Disney soundtrack. Yeah, right? he got it on, yeah, some sort of Disney thing. That's crazy. Yeah, we had a good guy working for us getting our songs placement, and that's what bands got to do nowadays, because there's no money in album sales anymore, yeah. so yeah, got to diversify. I'm distra- There's a Ric Flair uh, documentary airing in the background. <laughs> wow. So yeah, the group I'm putting yeah, together has uh, has uh, three members from Sub City, uh, two members from Kids on Fire. I uh, got Daryl Kamak and I from Sub City. Okay. Got myself and Lee from Kids on Fire. We also played that show a couple times. We got uh, 
rallying myself playing the Normal Thieves together. Our drummer Joel plays in with me in Lone Wolf. He also plays in a band called Clip Wing. And he also plays in a band called SC Mira. And then, uh, it's an incestuous Ra- word. So Riley and yeah. Kamek also play in Bolagan, which is right, Riley's right, right. alias. And so, like, there's like. There's more bands covered in that group than there are people. That's crazy. This might be the. To be fair, though, and and that was a very incestuous uh, description. That well, the whole laid out. music scene is incestuous. But this is the first time I think that there's been a Clash tribute show where there hasn't been an overlap of members in each band. Oh, yeah. well, that's kind of cool. If you think yeah. about it, because we play the Crackdown, Darwin being both, yeah. and yeah, and then Danny too. Danny too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What's well, good, I guess. You're, yeah, it's no one's pulling double duty. <laughs> no one's pulling double duty. It'll be a high caliber night. I'll be really excited to see like some of these bands play on like that big of a stage again. Because yeah. I mean, like whenever you get to see punk rock bands play nowadays, it's in the corner in some club. And, yeah, like, for sure. To for see sure. the Crackdown play on the West End stage is going to be very exciting. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. Like 2006 or something you're going to get. Yeah. That's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> the goal yeah. Because I went to the, maybe the first two or three of these, I think, oh, yeah. and uh, I definitely didn't go to all of them. But uh, I went to some of them; it was great. I mean, Feral Brothers, I remember seeing them at one. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I saw some city at least oh, one definitely. of them. And, yeah, they were fun shows for sure. I've only been to one uh, West End show since they renovated, actually. Yeah, I've been to a couple, but not very many. It seems darker to me. Is it, not, is it just me or is it darker in the venue portion? Of well, the they video? probably made it darker so that the lights have a better effect. It's like so that you can't see anything. Shots. <laughs> <laughs> that might be Maybe. <laughs> there might be a reason behind it. Yeah, that balcony thing too, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the balcony's nice. It's a bit, yeah. yeah, is that where you're sitting? Are you coming? I, if I'm coming, I'm sitting in the balcony. Yeah. If you're coming, look, yeah. at, look at this guy. Yeah. <laughs> if you're coming, you're coming. I got, I got kids. My ability. It's my ability. an all-ages show, Sam. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. 
<laughs> so, do you want to just remind people where, when the show is? And the yeah, so it's, are, where you get uh, it's this coming Saturday, February 10th, at the West End Cultural Center. We've got tickets at, in the Music in Osborne Village. They've got that new location in the village. Yep. Um, at, got them at the West End or on TicketFly.com. So, yeah, that's the former music trader, just for the, the, music yeah, trader, for yeah. the listener. Yeah. yeah, or if you know somebody in the bands, we might still have tickets by now. Ben keeps on trying to convince me that this show is going to sell out. Like I said, I'm always a pessimist. Well, right. That's why we work well together. He's the optimist. Well, how successful were the other ones? Like, were they, did they, they were always successful. Yeah. Absolutely. It seemed like they were packed, the ones yeah. I went to anyway. They, yeah, well, what happens, and this is normal, is that uh, people think about it for a while, and then the, the days prior to the show, yeah. we would always see, like, you know, all of a sudden... You know, places are selling out of tickets, and they're calling us and asking us if we have more. Sure, yeah. And uh, you know, that was in the days before online ticket sales with the West End and stuff like that. So I'm yeah. sure it'll be a little bit different. At the end of the day, you know, those are always funny situations where you try and ask people to buy tickets for weeks and weeks and weeks, and then the day of, once it's sold out, you get messages from everybody. Oh, yeah, I yeah. didn't get tickets. Yeah. I didn't get tickets. Well, I'll tell you, uh, I've probably got 15 to 20 people who have asked for holds. Just hold the ticket for me. Yeah, that's exactly. a that's a popular one. I trust me. Well, I, yeah, I know you'll pay, but do I really want to keep track of all these tickets yeah, and sure. who they're for? You open a spreadsheet for that. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the people don't like to commit to anything until it's a this week is exactly prior. It. This this is where where we live now. I mean, like you turn on Netflix and you've got a thousand options. It's yeah. hard to commit to any one of those options, sure. so you end up scrolling around forever and then going to bed. But but if any of those movies. Even if the ones you don't really care about were on TV, you're like, yeah, I'll watch this, even with the commercials. Yeah. And that's the same thing with going to shows. People don't want to make a a commitment or decide to go to something until the last minute. This is why the people, if you you set up a Facebook event, uh, the people that mark themselves as going and the people who mark themselves as interested, you're going to get the same percentage of people that actually go between both crowds. Sure. Because it's literally just the going and the interested crowd are just people who just want updates and may or may not go. It's probably about 15 to 20 percent somewhere around there maybe a little higher i don't know but uh i would say it's probably you're about as likely to get a percentage a good percentage of that interested yeah it's more than 15 to 20 (laughs) percent well and then of course you have uh you know all the regular crowd that doesn't uh, use facebook you right (laughs) are there people that don't use facebook there's a couple your bass player oh yeah there's (laughs) exactly a few of them (laughs) that's true so if someone's hearing this, you know, a few days before the show, what's the best thing for them to do as far as tickets? Should they just go to the venue or grab them online? Go to uh, go on Facebook, look up 15th anniversary uh, Joe Strummer tributes. Uh, I'll link to that in the info too. Right on, yeah. Or they could go straight to TicketFly.com and grab tickets that way. There's you can go to uh, Visa, Mastercard, debit. <laughs> you go to uh, into the music in the village. Uh, if you only have phys- cash, physical like, tickets, like and that might run out, so best to just go online because they're unlimited online right. until it sells out. And assuming it doesn't sell out, there'll be some at the door, I imagine. Like, yeah, there's usually there's usually, and there was always, yeah, uh, a few at the door. Yeah, you know, but don't count on the door. Try to get them in advance for sure. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah you've been really, they've been really lucky with. Uh, People have been interested in the show. UMFM is helping us out. Half Pints are helping us out. West and End's helping us out. West End's helping us out. And, like, uh, everybody seems to be pretty excited to, to do something. So. Yeah. Well, I guess a lot of those people probably helped with the previous ones, too, right? I mean, you got it. West End yeah. and UMFM and everything. So. Yeah, they used to, yeah. I can't think of, honestly, uh, out of that whole group of shows, there wasn't a bad one in the bunch, right? Oh, no. They all kind of went off without a hitch, and I think that yeah, was awesome. the... 
that was the uh, everyone always had a great time it was always a, a good crowd there was never it's always a very diverse crowd yeah. and you know we were talking about this we used to like because when we used to put on the shows like I said the first time I played the show I was 16 so we were postering high schools because yeah. those are our peers and now we're thinking okay do we want to poster high schools that sounds pretty creepy yeah but also like those kids don't have don't have shows to go to they yeah. don't have yeah. they don't have venues they can regularly go see punk rock shows like what shows at the West End used to happen every weekend when we for were sure, young, for right? sure and the community yeah. center shows like you're saying yeah. well I was considering postering high schools and I was pretty for it but I've driven by a lot of high schools and the only posters that I see are for School of Rock and oh, that's yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, the, There's no other, um, which obviously. Yeah, but maybe were, those kids are especially hungry now. Uh, they don't have any anywhere to go to, you know. When we were young punk rocks, we didn't. I'm not disagreeing. School, we Why don't we just head down to the School of Rock on Corden and hand them a poster? <laughs> 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 that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, probably a lot of the high this school kids love the too, right? I mean, like that's where most people pick up that stuff in the first place. Is yeah. Teenager. I hope so. I hope they still do. You hope so, but at the same time, you don't really know. I mean, I. I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll hit up a few high schools after all, and uh, there'll definitely be a large contingent of like 25 to 45. Yeah, for that sure. age group. Well, people uh, who were at the previous ones, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. And then I think there will be some people that will bring their kids, you know, and That'd they'll be, awesome. be teenagers. But there's you I need that at shows. Yeah, we'll see. Well, yeah. Because well, those kids hopefully will go on to play you know, the next one or whatever when they yeah. Yeah, Well, you're a great example of someone who's going to bring your kids to their first punk rock show. Well, it happened. Happen. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if I have a car that night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I, That's I okay. Like, There's cabs. Uber right. will be around That's hopefully. Right, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly would like, I do hope I can make it to the show because I, I do have good memories of one of the previous ones. Yeah, so, they're always so good I'm time. I'm looking forward to it if I can get it there. Well, we'd, love to, we'd love to have you there, Sam. Cool. And people should look forward to going to. So, you know, again, it's uh, this coming Saturday. At the West End, buy tickets, go to the show. Yeah, we got Feral Brothers, Crackdown Reunion, got uh, Murder Birds, and Guns of Wolseley, which is uh, all Clash set. Cool. And do either of you have anything else uh, coming up with the other bands that you want to want to plug while you're here? Lots uh, of studio stuff. Yeah. Uh, recording. I will have played last Friday at the Handsome Daughter for uh, John Laszlo's. Uh, he's got like a video show screening in oh, case the Black they can Dogs. Travel back. Right. In case you can travel back in time. Right. right. Uh, but you know. You probably, yeah, you got to you, that'll that'll be about twenty minutes of plugging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, not too much. Lots of recording these days. I'm playing with Noble Thieves and. Uh, uh, Van North North Graffiti, and we're doing recording, doing an uh, album uh, for North Graffiti, and Noel um, Thieves are playing Festival de Voyager. Cool. That's yes. it? There's got to be more than that. I don't know. I'm giving you the skin. Who did you just play with at Big Fun? Because I just uh, Gold Mountain. I played with Gold Mountain. Fun, yeah. Which we're just on Witch Police uh, yeah, right. a few yeah, weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, also, certified plumber as of last week. Right on. Yeah. Right on. Way to go. Yeah. <laughs> got to find a job. This guy gets more done in three hours than I do in a week. <laughs> sounds like it, yeah. 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 Well, um, the good thing <laughs> I'm about good at, uh, I'm just good at gloating about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, going with the back in time thing, this will also air on UMFM, but UMFM is oh, uh, nice. quite a bit behind on when they air these, so by the time this comes out, it'll be like months after the show happens. So we but, hope you came. Yeah, hopefully you came, and then hopefully this happens again next year. Someone might be listening to this in, like, June or something. Yeah, you know oh, what? Yeah, I wonder if this is going to happen again next year. If it goes off, I don't know. Uh, it'll be hard, yeah, no reason it'll not be to. hard to convince us not to, because yeah. be, it's a bunch of the old crew getting back together. I'm sure the crowd will love it. At the same time, you don't want to just, like, keep on cashing in on old, on, uh, 
I'm flogging a dead horse. I don't know what the term is. Yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But uh, the yeah. West End is very excited uh, awesome. to do like a rock and roll show again. I know for a little while they're becoming like more of a roots country venue, yeah. and now uh, they're seeing the Park Theater is doing so well with the punk rock shows. They want to bring that back, and uh, so much so they're already ready to book next year. So cool. Cool. it might happen. We'll see how this year's goes. You may have to pay for the odd broken window, but at the end of the you know, it's worth at it, yeah. the end of the year, you know, if you had a handful of good shows, then <laughs> our fir- I remember our first crack our first crackdown show was at the Bowman Center at the University of Winnipeg, and we ended up having to pay for a, a broken door. It was a glass door, oh, yeah. and someone kicked it in. And so it was like, hey, here's your money for the night. Oh, wait. We need all of this back. Yeah. We need all this back, and now you owe us a yeah. few hundred dollars. Ugh. I remember community center shows like that where some stupid kid would trash the place, beer bottles everywhere. Yeah, so yeah. if you're that kid, don't come Don't, don't do that. Yeah, please don't. Yeah, West End's a nice venue. Um, but yeah, if you want to let's tune in on you. I wasn't encouraging it for the no, record. No, no. <laughs> Just in, in case anyone was confused yeah. about that, yeah. Um, I did not like having to pay for a broken no, <laughs> If uh, people want to hear more episodes of the show, uh, if you're hearing it for the first time because you're interested in, in what you guys are doing, uh, you can go to witchpolice.com. There's all 270-some episodes of there for free download and streaming. Mm-hmm. You can also uh, tune into UMFM at uh, Sundays at midnight, which is like prime listening time for, for radio. And those are older episodes that kind of get a second wind. So, like I said, nice. it might not air until June or something, but uh, you know, it's still still interesting for people to hear it if they miss it the first time. Maybe if it happens next year, they can get in on it early. So. Yeah. Or realize what they missed out on in the first. Let's go run with that.